up, everybody? Welcome to The Takeover with your girl, Shay McCray, here on Fubu Radio. And of course, you already know what time it is. We are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. What's up, B? What up, what up, what up? We are back another week. I couldn't yes. wait to get back inside the room on, really? you already know, The Takeover with Shay McCray. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look. <laughs> I love no, the hair when we got a new hair. No, what we doing? no, no, I don't no? actually. Uh-uh. Oh, I was, okay, it's still remember, it, it is actually, but I, I missed the barbershop last week. So I don't oh, know what's happening. Oh, it's growing. Yeah, okay, it's I growing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. I see what's going on. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. But it's okay. I mean, I'm seeing more gray. Things are That's just okay. changing. It's a part of just wisdom. More oh, wisdom, yeah, sure. more gray. Mm-hmm. Did I do that right? I just wanted to make sure. You did. <laughs> and you looking fly. You got a new hairdo. It looks real cute. Well, I finally permed it. I was natural for a very long time. Uh, so I finally it got with the liquid amazing. crack. Like, <laughs> thank you. And um, just trying to, I couldn't take it no more. I was like, ah, no, I'm not with this. I sweat so much in my head, but hey. I do have a, I have a picture of you when you were rocking the fro for a little while. Oh so my I can't goodness, wait. say that over. Say that over. I am. So what's good? <laughs> what, what did you do over the weekend? Like, what's, what's up? Nothing too much. Um, just, uh, just you know, going to classes and stuff. I'm not sure if you're aware. I've been taking acting classes, but just to help with bag that I felt like that was snatched away from me dear through our dear loss you already know yeah and just um trying to find ways to just move about and captivate on this world right now mm. we are still in a pandemic as we all yeah. know and yeah. it is hard you know however especially in my my world it is so hard to capitalize on anything that I'm doing because for one people are still scared to um people are still moving about whether they're sick or not and that's that's what's bothering that's the me. scariest um yeah. that is the most scariest thing to me because people are not saying anything they feel like oh okay boom so you just definitely have to be careful out there more and more people I know are being in the presence of those who are infected by COVID and mm. some people just don't know it's just good thank you for the ones who are, are really telling us that they are okay so yeah. that's all I can say um, that's what's up that's what's up yeah, I mean yeah. I, I I know we're gonna get into it with um our special guest that's inside the room waiting for us but I I just I'm with you like this whole not telling folks and showing up yeah. and spreading spreading the 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 COVID pandemic um or virus more it's just it's not cool it is not cool at all but um I'm sure people have their reasons why which I probably would disagree with but nonetheless um we will uh with our special guests uh, we have uh, Chris uh-huh. Soto. Um, he is going to be joining us really shortly and really talking about um, the vaccine, the the masks throughout our schools, throughout the U.S. Um, and um, let me rewind a little bit. Chris yeah. is Chris is like the senior advisor to the united states secretary of education um that's amazing dr miguel miguel cardona uh and i'm just really i'm really excited about this interview um yeah and we're also going to talk about critical race theory uh y'all gonna y'all gonna learn something about that uh and this this nationwide uh tour of of getting school districts back into the buildings and so the secretary alongside chris and others have been on this this bus tour um starting in wisconsin and so 
Uh, I can't wait to unpack all of this and, and to have a conversation with Chris. That is awesome. Well, I'm excited to have him on because, of course, you already know we have a lot of questions with just the school um, opening it back up, just trying to get the students back acclimated in front of a teacher again versus in front of a computer. And mm -hmm. and there are a lot of concerns with, with parents, I'm not going to lie. So I, I'm, I'm so excited to have him on, okay? So without further ado, you guys got time. Y'all make sure y'all tell a friend, download that Google Radio app. When we come back, we will have Chris Soto up inside the room, all right? Keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. Without further ado, I would love for Mr. Brandon McGee to introduce our guest, Mr. Chris Soto. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shay. You know how we do on the takeover yes. <laughs> uh, inside the room with myself, State Representative Brandon McGee. Um, I am very excited because I have not actually been in the same room with Chris in a long time because he's been busy helping save the world. Um, for example, helping our children and families return back to school under his new role. Uh, but before I introduce him, I really want to thank uh, United States Secretary of Education, Dr. Miguel uh, Cardona, who, you know, upon his appointment back in March of this year, 2021, uh, Mr. Secretary joined us here on the takeover inside the room with myself. Um, and I believe we were one of uh, the top maybe dozen folks he, he interviewed with uh, yes. upon his arrival. So I'm really, really excited about that and also to claim him as um you know one of our very own from the state of connecticut he was our our first latino to lead the department of education right here in the state of connecticut um and it's just an honor to see folks from our area be appointed by the president of these united states uh to lead our department of education having said that he took a lot of great talent from Connecticut uh, and, and that of Mr. Chris Soto, former state representative of New London, um, and just doing some amazing work in the area of education. And, and I'm just so very, very excited that Chris, um, first of all, has the time to be on the takeover inside the room with myself. He yes. currently serves as the senior advisor uh, to the secretary uh, at the U.S. Department of Education, and let's welcome him. Like, yes, I wish we had the little. I wish we had like the little, little clapping of the hands <laughs> or the air horn. Oh God, the yes. air horn. <laughs> Chris, welcome, man. Talk to us a little bit about your new role and who you are and how you got into education. Thank you, thank you. Uh, well, it's an honor to be here with you guys on Takeover Inside the Room. Uh, you know, I feel like I made it. I made it. I'm, I'm here on the show. So, uh, but no, it's, it's great. Uh, I'm glad that we're opening this space to talk about education. Uh, you know, I, I started my, my journey in education talking to a, a boxing coach one day. And, um, you know, he was talking to me about a student who had a full ride to college uh, and she couldn't basically go to college because her mother didn't know how to fill out the FAFSA paperwork, the financial aid paperwork. And that just really, you know, I thought about my own education, educational experience and how I had people supporting me through that. And that really was the difference, right? This is a student who had higher grades than me, higher SAT scores than me. Uh, but she, you know, for, for reasons that were outside of her control, she couldn't move on to higher education. I just thought that was really unfair. So, um, you know, thought about how I can make a difference in that space. Uh, learned that there was a, a space called college access 
and was basically, you know, I just got the bug to do that work. And so we started a, a small local organization helping first gen low, low income students navigate uh, the college process, just leveling the playing field with, you know, their rich peers uh, from the suburbs around them. And then we expanded to another city, which had a lot of need uh, in Willimantic. And, you know, so that was pretty much how I got into education. And, you know, it was probably one of the most fulfilling, um, you know, experiences that I've ever had. And then, uh, you know, I was elected and had the honor to serve with you in, in the General Assembly. And from there, uh, was given the opportunity uh, to, to join the Lamont administration when he became governor. And that was an interesting experience. I mean, I think, you know, most of all, uh, I missed education. You know, you know, don't get me wrong. Energy policy is important. Um, you know, health <laughs> policy is important. Um, but I just missed education, you know. And so I wanted to get back to education. And after leaving the governor's office, uh, then uh, commissioner was, was coming on board in Connecticut. And he said, look, I know you're leaving. Um, I have this position that I want to start that revolves around college access. It revolves around workforce development. I'd love for you to join, uh, join me on the team. That happens, uh, you know, was living, was living great, right? Like, you know, I, I you know, the work-life balance was great. I was doing the work that I enjoyed. And then, you know, four months later, COVID hit. Hmm. And so COVID hits and, you know, you know, from, for the, for the majority of us, most of our pri primary work stopped so we could figure out how we were going to respond to the pandemic. Yeah. And from there, that's when I really started to work closely with the secretary, or again, then commissioner, uh, just helping us figure out what our reopening plan in Connecticut was going to look like as every state was, you know, putting out reopening plans. And so, um, so, you know, we did that. That was, you know, a, a great opportunity. I think we, we led the, you know, we, we were one of the leaders in the nation as we reopened schools in Connecticut. And, you know, needless to say that that caught the attention of, of uh, Joe Biden's administration because that was one of his campaign campaign platforms. And so, um, so he, he picked uh, Commissioner Cardona to be Secretary Cardona. And, you know, I'll never forget, it was the day of January 6th, which is the Capitol riot. So yeah. I get a call from, from the secretary and, and he says, so he, he called and, and I said, man, it's crazy, you know, because I knew he was in DC that day, I think. And I said, it's crazy what's happening. And he said, um, I said, are you, know, are you sure you're ready for this? And he said, no, are you ready for this? And I said, well, oh, I guess we're having that conversation. So, uh, so that that's basically how that conversation went. And uh, it's been a pleasure so far to be here in DC, you know, working on federal policy. Uh, I'm doing a lot of work in Puerto Rico right now. Um, you know, if you think about the students down there, they've, they've been through hurricanes, they've been through earthquakes and COVID. Some of those students haven't seen a classroom for two years. And, you know, as, as we say, you know, no other place on the mainland would this be tolerable. And so, you know, there's no reason why we should tolerate it um, for the students of Puerto Rico. So that's that's been um, really fulfilling, uh, hard work, but fulfilling. And then, you know, most recently, I just got back from Wisconsin. We kicked off the return to school road trip, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. A giant purple bus going from starting from Wisconsin. You know, we went through uh, Indiana, uh, then through Ohio, and finishing up in Michigan. And so, you know that. You know that's been been a fun uh, tour so far, and they're going to finish up tomorrow. So, uh, so what state? What yeah, state? Yeah, oh yeah, go ahead. 
what state are you in currently? I, I, and before I'm in you DC end. right now. Yeah. Oh no, well, I'm I'm, I'm at the bus. The tour. Yeah. So yeah. Wait, today is Thursday. So yeah. I think they're in Michigan today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. I do. So, I do have a question before you go. go ahead, on. Shay. I can. I can take this one on. Uh, so, um, thank you so much, one. The way he described your saving the world, and I always say this to Brandon. Like, I know you got to get out of here and save the world because I. I'm definitely. Um, he's helped me with to the understanding of the pilots, um, ticks and just so many things that's happening. Um, you know, just just the laws and how it's unfolded. So, with that being said, I know a lot of families were a little angry with even just the reopening of school, with even with the new variant that's um, taking a rise here um, in this particular season. Could you explain to us how important it is for our students to be in a classroom? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, don't get don't get me wrong. You know, we we want to minimize exposure, student the the exposure that students have, um, no doubt. But we know what works, right? Like we in this time last year, we didn't have a vaccine. We didn't know how how effective masks were. We didn't know about the different variants, right? And so we have a lot more information. We have a lot more tools at our disposal to help stop spread. And um, you know, one thing that we definitely learned was the negative impact um, with a lot of students learning from home, right? And, and how far behind students have fallen, especially when we're compounding um, that experience with um, under-resourced schools, right? Um, and they were already behind in certain places. Uh, and so, so we know what, a, you know, what an impact the, the pandemic had. And so, you know, we've been adamant about trying to get students back in school because we know for the most part, that's where they learn the best. Um, and as long as we, you know, uh, you know, have universal masks, you know, for students that are eligible for the vaccine, um, you know, again, these are these are all different legs of the stool that help keep students safe and help keep schools open. But we can't move without. And Shay, I, I really appreciate you asking this question because we can go to places like Texas and Florida, and other places who are saying, y'all move forward. Uh, school districts with a man mandatory mask wearing of masks. I'm going to take away salaries. I'm going to take away all of your incentives. How 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 is your office handling? You know these folks who are pushing back and saying no. You, this is our right, right? And you have an anti sort of vax mask groups throughout this country. How how are you all managing that? Yeah, I mean the first thing is just the messaging, right? We've been trying to be out there as much as we can to say. Look, uh, let you know get out of the way and let teachers teach, right? Uh, let's not let politics get in the way of, of student success. So that's number that's right. one, first and foremost. We need to just keep pushing that message. The secretary's been on as many national you know outlets as possible pushing that message. And then number two, we we put our money where our mouth is, which is mm -hmm. to, we're funding these districts through grants to, for for any states or uh, districts that have had funds taken away from them from the states, and we're backfilling those funds. That's good. That is good to hear. It's good to hear. I know here in the state of Connecticut, um, we're doing a fairly great job, I suspect, on you know encouraging school districts to, to really encourage our parents and students to wear masks. Um, I know in my child's school, uh, it's valet drop off. And if you've got to go in, then you need to be wearing your mask. So that's that's good to know. Shay, you itching. Yeah. So I, 
see. Yeah, no, I and I totally agree. I'm with it. I I, I hate the fact that they have brought the po- politics into the 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 learning of um for our our students, our, our children, should I say? Because they still I I understand the importance. I don't want to do sitting on a Zoom all day myself in a meeting. So let alone I know the kids. I mean, the attention span is so short nowadays. So I can only imagine how hard that can be. And then um the anxiety that they're experiencing even just being at home all those days and hours and months it's just um it's just but i got a but i got a twist to it shay one of the things that 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 i'm nervous and really concerned about is the lack of remote learning options for those students who are exposed to a teacher Mm -hmm. that might come in right while the kids are wearing masks they're still sending students home for 10 days to quarantine uh, so absent of remote learning, what are we doing to ensure those kids are not having learning loss that we talk about? Um, what are we doing to ensure that teachers are being supported and they don't have these students that are all at different levels um, at yeah. the same time? So what yeah. what what are you, what's the conversation really quickly? Because I know we have to take a break, but what what's the yeah. conversation been like? No, that that's a great point, and I think what what that example shows is how COVID has exposed things that we never thought about in the past, right? Right, right. Um, you know, having to provide and educate you, you you force a student home for health safety, but then you're still responsible for the education during those ten days, right? And so uh, I think that's one of the the reasons why there was such an ambitious uh, package passed by the administration and and Congress right, to support schools to do above and beyond, right, and to respond to COVID. So there's been Mm. rounds of funding. So if a school needed to hire another teacher, if the school needed to hire a small staff of remote staff that would handle these students, um, that's what those funds are there to do. Now, is every, you know, it depends on where you live and the state laws that kind of exist, whether or not um, the state is going to pass policies to do that but the funds absolutely are there to do that. Uh, we see a variation, that's not, not only between states, but within states, right? One school di- versus another school district. Um, so, you know, we've been trying to push the message around best practices that work. Um, and I think you bring up a great one around kind of that need to continue the education, even though we're, we're sending students home um, because of health and safety. Yeah, good Good point, good point. We need cameras and maybe Zooms, I'm not sure. But you guys keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. When we come back, we will have more with Chris Soto. Welcome back to The Takeover with Shay McCray here on FUBU Radio. And of course, we are inside the room with State Representative Brandon McGee and of course, Mr. Chris Soto. If you guys missed the first half, I mean, this is some good stuff. And I mean, just to even reiterate the the, the students who have to quarantine mm-hmm. for 10 days that who was missing out on education, they're still getting packed on pamphlets sent home though, right? Like they're they're still getting well, their work sent home. Many I give I give credit to a lot of our our, our school principals, school staff here in the state of Connecticut, yeah. and I'm sure in Atlanta, they are literally going above and beyond and making sure students are prepared. So they have purchased iPads and laptops just in case children don't have, you know 
know, these resources so that they can remain, you know, connected with the class. So there, there are some things being, being made to support students. And I'm just excited and happy that folks like Chris Soto, senior advisor to U.S. Um, Secretary of Education, Cardona, and others are really supporting our school districts. But I want to pivot and I, I want to jump into this, this debated conversation around critical race theory. What is critical race theory? It's a body of legal scholarship and academic movement of U.S. civil rights scholars and activists who seek to critically examine the intersection of race and U.S. law and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. In essence, um, a tenet of CRT, which is critical race theory, is that racism and a disparate racial outcomes are the result of complex, changing, and often subtle social and institutionalized uh, dynamics rather than, um, let's just say, explicit and intentional prejudices of certain individuals. Um, and there's a major push pushback, literally, School districts, individuals are saying, we don't want to talk about what happened. We don't want to talk about slavery. We don't want to talk about none of that. I, I don't want to talk about it. Can we move forward and talk about the good of America? Now, I know if you've been watching Instagram, you've seen how America has treated Haitians, but I digress. Mr. Senior Advisor to Dr. Cardona, what are, what's been the response to critical race theory? I'm sure it's been coming up throughout the no, districts or throughout the world, I should say, not district. I keep bringing you back to Connecticut. <laughs> no, absolutely. This has come up uh, as one of the kind of hot button issues this school year. And I think we need to kind of just step back, right? Um, you know, I, I think that again, in the same way that vaccines uh, and, and, and masks have been politicized, this conversation around critical race theory has been politicized in ways that mm -hmm. are just unproductive. Um, you know, we, you know, you, you, you perfectly laid out what that definition is. Mm -hmm. Let's think about kind of the, the age appropriate conversations that teachers are trying to have in their school, right? They're not talking about legal frameworks with a second grader. We're right. in, in terms of ways that people are trying to characterize this, right? They're just trying to say, you know what? It's important that um, our country has, you know, that, that we recognize the leaders that we have that look like you, that you feel comfortable in your skin, um, that you're learning the history uh, that, that is appropriate um, and that maybe has been forgotten. Um, you know, you know, and again, this is age appropriate. So maybe that's happening at second grade and maybe we're having, you know, more intellectual conversations at the high school level, right? Where we talk about the intersections of race and health, you know, and, and food insecurity and, and, and housing, right? Um, and so I think that teachers need to be given more credit um, based on the work that they're doing and, and not having people who are watching cable news criticizing them for the hard work <laughs> our teachers are doing in a right. dealing with the pandemic. And so, so we support, you know, the work that teachers are doing to ensure um, that they're giving students an accurate picture of what history looks like and how that's impacted different communities of color in our in our country, right? Um, this is these this is uh, American history. Whether it's right. good, it's bad, it's ugly, it's nice. It's American history, um, and 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 such. You know that's you know that's how we're approaching this. But again, let's not conflate those conversations, those age appropriate conversations that teachers are having, with kind of the legal framework 
um, that's being portrayed in terms of as, as, if, as if a teacher is going to really be doing kind of having these legal conversations, you know, so yeah. uh, it's unfortunate, but, but uh, I think um, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy first of all, with the response, but secondly, I'm glad that you're able to differentiate um, sort of the argument, right? And the argument is, oh, we're teaching all these young children about the legal framework of everything that you just said without having to repeat it. But in fact, it's age appropriate curriculum um, that we're introducing our students to and don't you, you sort of got to block out all of the noise from uh, the political commentary and those on this side versus those on the other side and know that this is a part of our history age appropriately, you know, and, and it's just important that we keep, we keep that in mind. So Chris, I know you gotta, you gotta get back to helping the secretary, but it is national Hispanic month. Um, I'm, I'm afraid actually, can you school me? So I'm afraid to say Latinx because a lot of my friends, um, from Puerto Rico or from Dominican Republic, anywhere, they don't like that term. Can you, quickly educate us real quick on like why and then in Spanish say whatever you got to say to our <laughs> listeners that are that are listening yeah no you know it's it's uh it's an interesting question there there was recently some data that that came out around how Hispanics Latinos Latinx folks uh prefer pro, excuse me prefer to be identified um and it and it runs the gamut you know and I mm. think part of that is generational right we find um, older Hispanics preferring the term Hispanic, you know, you kind of find like that Gen X um, or millennials uh, are, 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 you know, preferable to maybe Latino, Latina, and then we kind of see a younger generation kind of skewing towards Latinx. Uh, you know, I think it's whatever people are most comfortable with. You know, I, per, you know, personally identify as Latino, but I, you know, I think, you know, we have to get away from you know, criticizing and dividing within, you know, I right, mean, right. People try to create these, these arguments within. And, you know, we are a an evolving community an evolving population, you know, things are going to be different from one generation to the next. So, um, you know, I, I think there's data that shows what, what people prefer. But at the end of the day, it's 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 a personal choice, right? There's there's not one that's that's preferred over the other, you know. But I, I thank you for raising the fact that it is Hispanic Heritage Month, um, you know, and and we're proud of the diversity that that Hispanic and Latino populations bring to particularly, you know, in this in in the in the context of this conversation that they bring, that's right. That they bring to our schools, you know, we, we know that our country is stronger because of it, and we we just need to be unapologetically us. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, if you know, however you self-identify, whatever ethnicity you identify, um, you know, I think part of part of that is 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 embracing that superpower that we have that makes us different, right? Um, and if anything, it just it makes us even better in our in our workspaces. It makes us better as students, and hopefully, it helps us educate others. Well, do me a quick favor. Say something in Spanish, please. So, that for, <laughs> so you know, maybe it could be thank you for joining the yeah, takeover of course, of course. with Shay McCray inside yeah. the room with State Representative Brandon McGee. Bueno, gracias a todos. Eh, estamos celebrando el mes de la, eh, la herencia hispana. Y también muchísimas gracias a la bella Shay y mi amigo Brandon McGee que es como un mentor, que es un, un representante estatal 
que me ha enseñado mucho. Pero gracias a ustedes, Inside Room, estamos dentro de, del cuarto. Y, y así es. Eh, muchas felicidades y gracias por todo. Gracias, yeah. gracias. Shay, take us out. <laughs> look, I'm, all, I'm still like, you know, look, I can understand it, but it takes me a minute to interpret the language. I'm like, yeah, I heard you, yo. Today, right now, take over. <laughs> but I love it. Thank you so much for just sharing um, your thoughts with us today. And I appreciate that. And just, just even just um, your opinion and your answers just meant a lot and and i could see the passion that you have just for the education um part of just department of just our country alone because it is still a major part because they're not getting what we got you know mm -hmm. and i guess that's telling our age right there but you know and i and i'm personally telling your age i'm young <laughs> i personally don't think it would ever get back to that but we definitely need to regain regain structure within the school system. So thank you so much um, for being here. Thank you so much, B. And uh, yeah. we appreciate you guys for tuning in here on The Takeover. Keep it locked. Welcome back to The Takeover with your girl, Shane McRae and Brandon McGee as we are inside the room. And if you just saw uh, tuning in, you missed an amazing interview with Chris Soto. Thank you so much, Brandon, for bringing your dear friend. I, he said, when he said amigo, that meant he said my friend, Brandon McGee. Did you know that part? I did. I took <laughs> honor Spanish. It's me. I, <laughs> but yeah, that was awesome. And um, thank you so much for just bringing him on. And um, what's your yeah, thoughts but you know everything? what? I mean, Shay, just just the fact that we were able to bring on a sitting U.S. Secretary of Education upon like his first month being appointed by the United States President Joe Biden, like that's powerful. And now to have his senior advisor to him come on our show is absolutely amazing. And it speaks to what we're doing, right? And making sure we're bringing on people who can communicate and share um, relevant information uh, that our folks want to hear. Um, I just can't wait yeah. until we it's put in place- It's definitely relevant. Yeah, I just can't wait till we put in place opportunities for a lot of our folks to just ask real time questions uh, of our guests. Um, but we're gonna work it. We're gonna work that out. We're gonna work that out. Yeah, we gotta um, We will. We will. But you know what's really striking, and we probably need an entire show for this is is really unpacking the critical race theory because that thing strikes a nerve in me yeah. every time I talk about it. But um, but anyway, um, I, I digress. There's this one thing that I really want to end off this week. Um, you know, uh, there was a comedian that passed. What's his name? Yep, AJ um, Johnson. Yeah, from the Friday um, yes. movie and others. But yeah, so anyway, um, special prayers to his family and all of his following and fans, etc. Uh, we're praying for you. But I, I really, I really yes. wanted to talk a little bit about what's happening with Mario Peoples as well. Father passed away. I'm sorry. Oh I'm yeah, no, 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 no. Thank you, yes. thank you. And I'm sure there were others that were forgetting. But oh my God, when I saw that, I was like, really? Oh, and um, Sarah Dash is that her name? She yes. was um, a part of the Patty Labelle group. Yes, um, yes, I saw that she, too. She passed as well. And then for my church folks, Mother Gertrude Stacks, um, she, Dr. Stacks, um, she passed away as well. Only the church people oh, no. probably get that. But 
still she was a mover a shaker and a giant in the faith community so we're praying for all of um all of our loved ones and, and friends who transition but i really i really wanted to highlight number one my frustration but two what's happening with our Haitian brothers and sisters. And if you have seen the news, you've seen the memes of one of the US border patrol folk on a horse with a whip, literally whipping um, individuals trying to um, basically, you know, come, come over to the US you know, and, and really find safety because of what's happening in Haiti. Now, Shay, if you recall, you and I, we, we are one of the ones that shared with a lot of folk, the assassination of the Haitian president and what's been happening in Haiti. And this is just a result of what's taking place. And it's absolutely absurd. What we're seeing Um, It's inhumane. Um, And I've just, I've never seen it. And I want to say I need U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris. I need her to step up. I need President Joe Biden to step up. And they need to do something about this because just treating people really the way sad. that they're treating, it is it is yeah. sad. It is, it is, it is awful. And I, I, I do feel for, let alone, no matter where they come from, anyone to be going through this. It doesn't even matter your race. No one should be treated of this, um, this type of... Um, terror or um, disheartening treatment to them. It's just bad. So thank you for acknowledging that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm praying for the Haitian prime minister, um, Henry, I think is his last name. Um, He needs to make a bit more of, of, of some noise, but he's barely discussed the, the uh, explosions uh, that's been happening in public mm. and, and saying only that his government is worried about the condition that migrants mm. face on the U.S. border uh, and that it will help those sent back to Haiti. And I'm just like, you know. Um, well, it, I'm going to get my facts straight before I went to tap on that, but I thought he was under investigation. But before we get into that, we'll come back and talk about that next week. Cause yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, I thought so. I was just making sure, but we'll get the facts straight. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Also, I just want to make note, just want to make sure that um, um, please keep those in your prayer, those um, those immigrants and um, the ones. Um, just let's just find some resolution to this. Um, I, we understand that we cannot just let them all in, but it's something we can do. You know, I yep. mean, the amount of yep. money that we're spending to even send them back is we could have put them up somewhere. I don't know. So. Well, well, just one last thing. The U.S. <laughs> the U.S. Special Envoy to Haiti resigned over migrant explosions. Ooh, so saying? we'll talk about that. We'll talk about mm. that. We'll talk mm. about it. Because it's some stuff. You know, they be, you know how they stuff down the pipeline. People try to get up out of there before it's exposed, you know? Bam, uh-huh. bam. Now, let me quit. But uh, thank you so much. Also, we will make sure that we um, um, follow Chris' journey, Chris Soto. Um, those who are in Connecticut is very familiar with him. So y'all make sure y'all follow him. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> make sure y'all follow me. I need to get my numbers up because y'all know Shay said I only had 500 followers with a blue check. Whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That means you're still pre- relevant with the blue check. Okay. So um, y'all make sure y'all follow Fishy Fubu Radio on Fubu as well on um, Facebook, Fubu Radio, and follow myself, Shay McCray, on um, all social media platforms. By the way, too, I have picked up your league and I am now on Spotify. Okay. <laughs> so if you go to Spotify, you can Google Shay McCray or type in the artist Shay McCray because I'm serious about my you know what I'm saying? So I'm on iTunes, Apple, Google, every all of them now. Everything. Okay. So Pandora. So um, yes, I have um, been working hard behind the scenes to get my things. Um, I'm trying to get a blue check too. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to you know be relevant around these parts of the world. You almost there. You almost. I'm there. almost there. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. I really appreciate it, and we appreciate the shares. All right. So until um next time, it's your girl Shay McCray here on the On the Fubu Radio, baby. <laughs>